This podcast is sponsored by Position Green. To be an insider, you can subscribe to the Green Insider Podcast, powered by eRenewable, wherever you get your podcasts from. And please, leave us a five-star rating. What did I just say? 1.21 gigawatts! What the hell is a gigawatt? Doesn't sound like the usual mindless, boring, getting-to-know-you chit-chat. And we welcome you into another edition of the Green Insider, powered by eRenewable. This is episode 200. Myself, Greg Frank, and Mike Niemer will carry the load here on a Follower Friday edition of the podcast. But we can't forget who leads us off every podcast. Let's check in with eRenewable COO. And Niemer has a few words for us. Position Green helps companies build resilient and sustainable organizations. Position Green has a unique combination of ESG software, advisory, e-learning, and assurance that drives sustainability success and empowers positive change. Visit positiongreen.com to learn more. And we welcome you into episode 200 of the Green Insider, powered by eRenewable, alongside Mike Niemer. My name is Greg Frank. Mike, obviously a monumental day for the Green Insider. Yes, sir, it is. Three years, three months, 200 episodes in. And I couldn't be more proud of what uh, we've achieved throughout that time period. Uh, we've got a lot of people to thank, but... Listeners, thank you most of all to you. I mean, we've had some real achievements over those 200 episodes. Listen Notes has now moved us into the top 1% of all global podcasts. BeatSpot has named us one of the top sustainability podcasts to listen to globally in 2023. You know, and we would like to thank all of our guests, our listeners, our followers, along with my co-host and producer, Greg Frank. <laughs> Greg, thank you so much. You and the Gal Media team, it's much appreciated, everything that you guys do. All of this has helped us accumulate over 300,000 downloads. So there's a lot of thanks to go around. Um, and now, ladies and gentlemen, we're here for Follower Friday, and it's a very special Follower Friday, besides for being episode 200. Today, our guest is actually our first sponsor, Position Green. We have Jason Stanley from Position Green on with us. Some of you past listeners will remember Jason from episode 172. But today, he's joining us on number 200 to talk about something new for Position Green that they just released in Europe, ESG 100 for Europe. Jason, welcome to the show again, and tell us about the ESG 100. Thanks, Mike, and congrats to both of you for hitting that uh, that big milestone. That's that's pretty uh, pretty impressive. Thanks for having me. Um, yeah, I'm head of advisory for Position Green here in the U.S. market. Um, Position Green's what we like to call a pure play sustainability partner. So we combine leading tech and human expertise to support companies through pretty much all stages of their sustainability journey. Um, we're Scandinavian based, and, and as you just mentioned there, Mike, um, you know we do a lot of work with uh, within the regulatory environment there in Scandinavia. And one of the things we've become very well known for over now the uh, six years is this ESG 100 report. So what we do with that report every year is, is uh, take a look at the top 100 publicly traded companies now in uh, Norway, Denmark, and Sweden. And we really rate them on their level of transparency reporting as it pertains to ESG and sustainability data. Um, in this latest uh, edition, the reason this is actually pretty special is the first time anybody's done a, a very detailed analysis of how well Scandinavian companies 
who are generally considered to be at the forefront of sustainability reporting, you know, how well are they complying with this really new, broad-ranging um, regulation or the CSRD, uh, some more acronyms for you, CSRD and the ESRS, the Corporate um, Sustainability Reporting Directive and the European Sustainability Reporting Standards. So we took a look at these regulations and we looked at um, these company reports and disclosures and rated their performance to see you know, how well are they now responding to these, these regulations today and really highlighting where there's gaps and areas where these companies you know, still have a lot of work to do. Well, you know, Jason, that's phenomenal. Now, is anything like that ESG 100 that you're talking about in Europe, does that exist in the United States yet? Not, not to this extent. Um, you know, there's a lot of, obviously, rating agencies and a lot of companies do a great job looking at very specific metrics for companies. Uh, what we've done with this report is actually just, um, in, in, in particular, the most recent one is, is uh, take a detailed look at this new regulation. And the, there's really nowhere else in the world where we've had such comprehensive ESG sustainability-related regulation come into force. This is brand new. Uh, this isn't in, in force in the U.S., um, but uh, there's about, we're estimating it's around 50,000 companies in total are going to be exposed to this regulation and about 10,000, just over 10,000 companies outside of Europe are going to be exposed. And there's a pretty good chunk of those uh, 10,000 companies that are actually going to be U.S. based. So there's certain um, thresholds that they have to meet that if they've got a certain number of employees or actually generate a certain amount of revenue in the European market that by a few years from now, they'll actually have to comply with the, the, those regulations, essentially and, have a material presence in Europe. And, and just, if you could, go through some of the more specifics about how you landed on those thresholds and how you kind of hit those benchmarks for those companies. Yeah, the, the thresholds are set by the regulations. So they actually, they're, they're very detailed about what does it actually mean for a U.S. company to pay attention to these regulations, when does that come into force, how does a U.S. company determine um, that they should worry about this. And like I said, there's actually a revenue threshold, there's an employee uh, um, a threshold. And it's even if it's a U.S. company that's traded here but may have a subsidiary in Europe or a certain amount of their business takes place in Europe. And we're also expecting, and we're already starting to see some indications of this, but we're expecting that even if you don't have directly a significant amount of um, business in Europe, but let's say one of your clients or a number of your clients are uh, based in Europe and they're having to respond and comply with these regulations, they're going to start to be expecting um, their m major suppliers to do the same thing and actually comply. Well, do you see the United States uh, Securities Exchange Commission coming out and making the United States publicly traded companies have some similar thresholds? Is that being discussed? And what kind of timetable do you see in that? Yeah, that's a good question on the timetable part. So we've we've all heard the SEC has been, you know, they proposed the new climate disclosure ruling um, March last year. That's been delayed various times. Um, a lot of the information we're hearing is it's likely due to an, an intention to try and align better with what's happening in other parts of the uh, the world, including Europe, especially Europe. So that, you know, ultimately a lot of the um, objective of what has happened in Europe is to try and help stakeholders in these companies, namely investors, be able to actually really compare companies' sustainability performance across all sectors and across all companies. And you really want to ultimately, the ideal setup would be for 
uh, and invest to, to be able to look at a U.S. company the same way, at least as, as similarly as possible, and, and compare sustainability performance in the U.S. with sustainability performance, let's say, with a, a peer company in Europe. And so we're hoping the SEC is, is looking looking at their um, proposed regulations the same way, so they're making that somewhat comparable. Uh, it isn't the proposed ruling is, is nowhere near as comprehensive as what uh, Europe has just put into place. It's actually going to come into force fully in 2024, but companies there are already starting to have to uh, prepare. Um, we're, the last update that we heard more officially from the SEC was uh, it's possible that they could come out with this ruling in as early as October, potentially sooner, but it's, it's, it's hopefully imminent. In your ESG 100 in Europe, is your, are you simply listing the top 100 companies or are you numbering them from number one to number 100? Yeah, we're just taking the, the top 100 companies, period, that are listed on the stock exchanges in Oslo, Stockholm, and Copenhagen. And then we're using a very transparent rating methodology. So we go through very specific areas that we look for. Uh, how are they disclosing their climate information? How are they disclosing their governance policies? How are they disclosing human rights policies? And um, things like executive pay, are they tying uh, that into um, you know, sustainability targets that are very specific, climate risks? Um, there's all sorts of European taxonomy reporting. So there's a very um, transparent and clear rating methodology that's listed in the report. The report's free. And we, we launch, we actually, last Friday in Europe, in all three markets, we actually launch it um, alongside a really big events, actually, where we invite companies, representatives, and the media and other ex experts in sustainability to, to talk about um, sustainability trends in general, regulations and pros and cons of what's happening and what companies should be looking for, what investors are thinking, those sorts of things. Can you tell the listeners where they can get a copy of the ESG 100? Yeah, we've actually got it uh, front and center on our website at positiongreen.com. Um, you can sign up for the information there and download the report for free. Uh, highly recommend it. There's significant info there. Again, even if you don't feel that Europe applies to your company today, there's really, really interesting and insightful information on what companies must now comply with. Very good. You know, Jason, thank you so much for joining us on episode 200. But before you leave us, do you have a few stats or information from the ESG 100 that you could share with the listeners just so that they understand more what's in there? Yeah, there's actually some really interesting stats, um, just some really quick ones. You know, executive pay, we're starting to see a lot more sort of stakeholder pressure here on this topic in the U.S. Uh, we found 36% of companies report that they're linking executive pay to ESG targets now in Europe. Emissions reporting, we're seeing about 31% of companies disclosing their emissions, but there's still a lot of gaps with only a few um, actually going all the way to disclosing scope three. Climate risks, still very far behind in that. We're seeing about 8% uh, that are disclosing the financial impacts of climate risks. And another really interesting one that's, that's picking up um, here in the U.S. as well is biodiversity. So we're actually seeing about 46% of companies disclosing a policy or some type of commitment to biodiversity or, or nature. All right. There he is, Jason Stanley from Position Green on episode 200 of the podcast from Mike Niemer. I'm Greg Frank. Make sure to leave us a five-star rating wherever you get your podcast from because as the saying goes, you learn something new every day, and we were responsible for today's lesson. We'll talk to you next time on The Green Insider, powered by eRenewable. This podcast was sponsored by Position Green. For an introduction to our sponsor or find out how you too could be a sponsor, 
Refer to our show notes to contact eRenewable and the Green Insider Podcast.